Howdy-do, my friends. You have reached Green Room on Air, and this is your host, Ray Ray Renate, otherwise known as Ray Renati. And today, I am going to be talking about Luigi Olati, my great-granduncle. Don't you dare go away. Hello, everybody. How you doing? This is your host. Ray Renati, and you have reached Green Room on Air. This is my little home in the, in the internet where I talk to you, my fan. Fan? I hope fans, plural. How you doing today? Been rain and we got another one of those atmospheric rivers. Ah, I wish it was an atmospheric crick, but it's an atmospheric river. And it's dumping down water in my house. I have, um, we have leaky a leaky roof. It's an old tar and gravel roof, and it's nearly flat. And as a result, we have water in the hallway. We got water on top of the toilet. Hopefully we won't get water in my office dripping into my computer like happened one time. Years ago, we had a leak in the roof right above my brand new computer that I just built by hand with my son. And uh, one side of the computer was glass so you could see through it. And it looked like a fish tank. I could have put a little fishy in there, but my son, being the genius that he was, said, hey, we bought all these parts from Amazon. You have a 30-day guarantee. Just put them all back in the box and send back. That's what I did. If you want to turn me in, go ahead. Call the police. I don't care. You got to do what you got to do. Hey, today I thought we'd uh, take a look at something I've been working on. I don't know if I've even talked about it on here, but for the last year or two, I have been translating a memoir written by my great-granduncle, Luigi Olati from Italy. He was the brother of my grandmother's mother. Yes, the brother of my grandmother's mother is my great-granduncle. I used to say granduncle, and then I realized that's not right, because that was my great-grandmother. And then I realized, because I, I used to say granduncle, but no, he's another generation above that, so he's the great-granduncle. And boy, was he great. He had the desire to be a great singer, and I relate to him. Because he tried and tried and he had some success, but it wasn't the success he had hoped for. And to be honest with you, that's my, how my life has been about, uh, what, this is 2023 and about in 1997, I set out to be a professional actor and director. And, and I've had some success, you know, I, I, I've acted in many, many plays and musicals. I, 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 I got to the point where I was able to join the union about 20, no, about 18 years ago, I think. And I've done a lot of professional theater that way. Although now uh, the Actors' Equity Union, because of um, their quest for diversity, has uh, allowed anyone who wants to, to join the union. You don't, you don't have to meet any requirements. You don't have to get, get points at a, a professional theater company over years. You can just join. If you've ever been paid $1 for acting anywhere on earth, you can join Actors' Equity. And this was one of their political moves to uh, quell the needs of diversity, which is quickly becoming not really diversity, but uh, revenge politics. But, you know, I'm not going to talk about that because I'd rather not be blacklisted for speaking my mind. So we'll skip that and we'll go to right, right to Luigi Olati. Uh, Luigi Olati, you might hear the papers in the background because I'm, I'm, I'm shuffling through the copy of my, uh, my copy of his memoir which he named Aventure de un Emigrante. That means Adventures of an Immigrant. And then it's subtitled Luomo Ignoto. And you know what that means? I'll tell you what that means. 
That means the unknown man. And uh, that's sort of how he thought about himself. He wanted to be known. He wanted to be famous. He moved to San Francisco from, uh, from Italy as a young man. As far as I can tell from the research I've done, he arrived in the United States uh, on October 18th, 1911 in New York City. And before that, he lived in uh, Marseille with his two sisters that I really never knew about until I read this book. And then he went to Paris for a while to work on his singing. And then he came to San Francisco after he was in New York. He came right to San Francisco, but his sis, because his sister lived here, and that is my great-grandmother. And uh, he stayed here for quite a few years trying to work on his singing. And he realized there were no opportunities here for a, uh, a singer to become famous. So he moved to New York City. Um, I believe that he moved to New York City in 1914. So he lived in the United States for, I think, no, excuse me, he lived in San Francisco, or I believe about three years. Uh, yeah. And he lived, uh, he lived over on Broadway in San Francisco. And if anybody knows Broadway in San Francisco, I don't know what it was like back then. I need to do more research, but that's where all the strip joints are on Broadway. He lived right next to where they are in, I think his address was 379 Broadway, but I looked it on, looked it up on the map. And I think the entrance was one on these little alleyway streets off of Broadway. I, I know where it is. I'm going to go check it out one day. Yeah, Luigi. I think he was there by himself. I don't believe he ever got married. Uh, it's quite a character. Now, my plan is to uh, write a one-man show and a movie script based on his life. I've finished, I have finished uh, translating his memoir, and that took me quite a long time because I worked on it like three or four hours a week. And now I'm going through it again to really clean it up and get all the details. And then I'm going to, uh, and I might be simultaneously also writing a play as I, I do that. I'm in a writer's group that's helping me every Saturday morning. We meet on Zoom and keep, make ourselves right. Because writing is a lot of work and uh, you need to kind of make time for it. Or you will find a million reasons not to write. I have one of his, uh, actually, I believe his only record. And I'll play one of the songs for you of him singing. It's quite something. Uh, poor Luigi. He never really... Uh, he never really met his expectations for himself at all, and I feel bad for him. I have a lot of empathy for him now. It took me a while, but I feel like I know him, and I wish I had met him. Um, I could have, I suppose, but he didn't pass away until 1974, so I could have. I could have, but... My family never talked about him. I don't think he was very close to anybody in my family. He's sort of a loner. I have a picture of him here. Yeah. He fell in love with women many times, but they were all much younger than him. And he was a night janitor in some, some swanky apartment building in New York City for a long time. And I can't wait to write this play.
He's such a character. The last third of his memoir is him sort of being an armchair uh, historian, an armchair philosopher. <laughs> Sometimes it, it sounds like he's a fascist, and other times he's not. So it's, it's very complicated. Let me just read you a little bit. I'll read right from the beginning of his uh, memoir, which I said I got in Florence. I went to the library there, and boy, talk about red tape. It took me three days to get a library card to get in, and then I made copies with my cell phone. When I got back, I found out that my second cousin, uh, I think it was Rod Scacalosi, I think it was Rod, he, uh, he had written to some library in London that had these books and they sent it to him. I could have done that. I didn't even know he had it. And here I, here I went to Italy to, to get the darn thing. We both found out about this from a, a woman who wrote her thesis on these Italian men who came to the United States at the turn of the 20th century to mm, become famous singers. And there were a lot of them and they all wrote memoirs. And she told me that his was one of the most interesting. So that was cool. And I, I may contact her again. I have her book here. She published it. She has actually a couple mistakes in there about Luigi, <laughs> which I, I, I have found, but I, you know, I won't tell her. Anyway, let's, let's take a look quickly here at the beginning of Luigi's memoir. Just a little bit. I'll read it for you in Italian, then I'll tell you what it says. And... As far as wondering, if you're wondering, do I speak Italian? Not much. I speak some, but the tools on the internet now are so incredible that translation is not that hard. You can use Google Translate. There's another uh, website called Deepl, D-E-E-P-L, which is fantastic, and they even have an app. Now, let me tell you this, though. As soon as ChatGPT came out, the AI program that I demonstrated here a couple of weeks ago, in the green room, that was the best for translation. You didn't even have to worry about typos. It would figure out your mistakes. And if you didn't like the first translation, you could hit regenerate and it would give you another one. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Then you could just go right through and uh, fix what you think you didn't like and uh, you've got your translation. And I would do chunks at a time like that. It's incredible. This, this AI technology is both um, a blessing and a curse. I hope we use it correctly and don't turn it into something that destroys humanity. Anyway, let's get on to the beginning of Luigi's memoir here. I'll read you the first couple paragraphs. Olari Luigi. Now, in Italy, people often put their last name first. I don't know if they still do when they're writing about themselves. His name is Luigi Olari. But uh, it starts off, Olari Luigi, figlio di Olari Francesco e du, di Rustel Ross, uh, uh, Rosa Nacque, a Pagasano, piccolo paesello del Apinino Parmigiano, il uh, 16 febbraio 1894. <laughs> I forgot how to say 1894 in Italian. <laughs> Luigi era sano, robusto, ma l'eletta di un anno fu colpito da paralisi infantile e dal medico. 
fu dichiarato impossibilato a guarire, la mamma allora fece il voto alla Madonna della Grazia del Percetto, capoluogo della comunità. Ok. What does that say? You may be wondering. After I hacked up the Italian language, Luigi Olari, son of Francesco Olari, and Rosa Rustici was born in Pagazzano, a small village in the Parmesan Apennines, on February 16th. 1894. I've actually been to Berceto, which is the, the main city near Pagazano. I think it's a couple of miles away. I didn't go there because I didn't know at the time that that's where he was born. I believe my... Yeah, yeah. But uh, Berceto is the main city there. There's all these little villages up in the mountains in Italy. Luigi was healthy and robust, but at the age of one, he was struck by infantile paralysis. Now, I believe that infantile paralysis is polio, and the doctor declared him unable to recover. The mother then made a vow to the Madonna delle Grazie in Perceto, the capital of the region. After many sacrifices to the family and his mother, feeding the child cod liver oil. Oh, I didn't read that part in Italian yet. Let me read that. Dopo tanti. Sacrifici e nutrimento d'olio di merluso idio vole che a tre anni il bambino cominciasse a camminare regolarmente. Luigi continuava a crescere bene. Il medico ed altri conoscente lo chiamavano il bambino miri miracolato nel frattempo perdete la mamma senza avere la soddisfazione di poterla ricordare and what that means <laughs> there are any italians out there i'm sorry i apologize after many difficult sacrifices to the family and his mother Feeding the child cod liver oil, God wanted the boy to start walking regularly when he was three years old. As the years went on, Luigi continued to thrive. The doctor and other acquaintances called him the miracle child. During this difficult time, Luigi lost his mother without having the satisfaction of being able to remember her. Those are the first two paragraphs. There's so much there already to work with. And then it just goes on for many, many, many pages and talking about his life. And uh, I can't wait to write this play. Yeah! So that's what I've been working on, folks. And today I have to do a Zoom audition. It used to be that when you auditioned for commercials, you would just go to your, uh, the, the casting agent in San Francisco and here in the Bay Area and uh, audition. Your, your talent agent would send you there. Now your talent agent gives you a call sheet and you have to have like a little studio in your house, which I have, and you have to be your own actor, director, and producer, editor, and then send in your audition. You know what? I don't like it. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Oh my God. But that's the reality of our world these days. Yes, sir. Bob. So I got to do that today. 
But now what we're going to do is listen to my great-granduncle Luigi Olari sing a recording, a record that I found of his song, Maria Luce Divina. part of the song. I decided not to play the whole thing because I want to keep you around and most people aren't used to listening to old records with lots of clicks and hisses. (laughs) I eliminated as many of them as I could, but if I want to make it any better, I'm probably going to have to send it to a professional sound studio. And I don't know if they're going to be able to get all of those out of there. I cleaned the record as best as I could. I used all kinds of fancy equipment and it still sounds like that. Although I think it's so cool to hear it that way myself because it sounds like from an era gone past us many years ago. And that's exactly what it is. My, uh, my godfather owns the record and he's the one who lent it to me. Uh, Monty Scacalosi, Armand Scacalosi is his name. He's also my cousin. And I returned it to him. But it came, it was actually in the original envelope that he, uh, that Luigi used to send it to my great grandmother, Elizabeth, Elisabetta, many years ago, which is very cool. I, I did put the record in a protective sleeve, a plastic sleeve made for records because I don't want it to degrade anymore. There was another record, but it was unplayable. It was, Totally flat, and there were no ridges in it. I don't know how you play that thing. So I didn't even try. But there are two songs on this record, a front and a backside. And that's all I have of him singing. I wish I had more. Maybe someday I'll be able to get it. I might have to go to Italy to find it if I really want to find it. He did record more, I, I think, from what I read in the book, in Italy, perhaps. I think he went back there and then came back to New York. It's so hard to find details about people back then, but I'm working on it, and it's a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed that. That's all we're going to do today, because I need to go 
do my audition before it gets too late. I don't want to be last minute all that and all that because I am the director, the producer, the actor, and the editor, as I spoke of before. Thanks so much for listening today, my friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on Apple Podcasts. You can find the link for that in the show notes. Tell your friends. Spread the word. I really enjoy doing this. I'm going to keep doing it every Wednesday. Now, every Wednesday, you will have me to listen to. And I know you enjoy that because, hey, who wouldn't? (laughs) All righty. Enjoy yourselves. Stay away from the atmospheric river. Keep dry. And until next time, I will see you where? On the boards. Take care, everybody. Uh...